Thank you, ladies. Ancient words, changing you, changing me. Do you like that? No. Uh, you do, Lee. You, you like to be changed. I don't like to change. Uh, the message today is, if you don't like the message today, you line up behind me. Because I don't like the message today, but that's what I get when I'm preaching through a book. There are going to be some times when these ancient words uh, stomp on my toes, and I will not like them, but the Holy Spirit uses them in my life to change me. And that's what I am praying for, that it continually does in my life. And I'm hoping you might pray the same. If you hear something you don't like, maybe it's because the Holy Spirit wants you to change. And that's how it's working in my heart. It's not pleasant, but it is God's Word. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your Word just for a few minutes this morning, I pray that we will willingly let the Holy Spirit convict us and change us, please, in Jesus' name, amen. We've got something that uh, I'm wondering if, you've, if you know what this is. No, it's a circle. Now, you have, you've seen these. Uh, prob- you haven't seen one this size, probably. Uh, you talk about it, because uh, I hear you talk about it. I talk about it. Uh, in fact, I talk about it too often. I, I should not talk about it so often. Oh, uh, no wonder you didn't realize what it was. I had it backwards. Of course, this is a to it. Now, it's not a normal to it. I mean, it's not a square to it. It's not a rectangular to it. It's a round to it. And uh, I often say, oh, when I get around to it, then I'll do it. You got it? Uh, this is what Paul is talking about in chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians. Around to it. Anybody know what manana? Oh, that's just what you think it means. If somebody says manana, manana, they're not saying tomorrow. They are saying whenever, sometime, don't rush me, I'll get around to it. And that's what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're just going to go through the first three verses. Uh, Sometimes round to it and mananas are tragic. Some of you might remember it was a story and then I think it was Alfred Hitchcock turned it into a movie and it was... uh, and they're leading a prisoner to the electric chair, and it flashes over to the governor's office, and here a witness shows up and uh, convinces the governor that this man is innocent. There's evidence to prove this man is innocent. The governor immediately grabs the phone, and he dies. You kids don't know what I'm doing here, but uh, that's the way we used to do it. 
he dialed the number to the penitentiary, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang. No voicemail back then. And it rang, and it rang, and it rang. Finally, a prison official picked up the phone, and the governor shouts out, Halt the execution immediately! And the lights flicker and dim. And he says, I am sorry, the execution has already taken place. Tragic. That makes a great story. But tragic when we allow that in our own lives. And that's what Paul expresses in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, I want you, I want you to avoid tragedy in your lives by not putting it off, by not saying tomorrow. And then we'll talk about, and he describes what we're not to put off, what we're not to delay, what we're not to get around to it. Um, do you suppose Paul, the Apostle Paul, ever thought back to the day when he held the coats of the men that were stoning a young preacher boy by the name of Stephen. And he watched as Stephen was stoned. And before he dies, he lifts his hands and his face to heaven. And he says, Father, do not lay this to their charge. And then he went to sleep. And that's the way it's described course he died you suppose Paul ever thought oh if I would have just believed in Jesus Christ a little earlier just a little sooner <laughs> that young man could still be alive preaching today I, I, I could take him on my missionary journeys or he could go on his own missionary journey he could be starting churches if I would have just trusted Christ a little sooner. I think maybe he did, and I think maybe he thought about that as he wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I, I want us to hear him plead with the, the members at First Baptist Church at Corinth in this sixth chapter. And I hope you see some of his passion, some of the urgency that he expresses here. He, he just got through explaining, hey, people, we have the ministry of reconciliation. Remember that from last week? We have the ministry of being an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And he says, we can't wait. Don't wait, please. And so we see Paul plea two ways. For those that might be taking notes, uh, the Roman numerals in my outline are the, the privilege and the procrastination or the passion. I, I Passion began with of Paul in these three verses. The, uh, the privilege here. Don't wait because of the privilege that we have. Well, what was the privilege? What do we have here? Look at verse 1. We then, as workers together with him. 
Now, this is implying two things. We've got a privilege in two ways here uh, to begin with. There's really three ways, uh, three, three privileges we see here. But the first are in those verses we just read that we have the privilege of working together with others. It is a privilege to work together. And Paul's saying, this is a privilege, uh, people, the church, family, a privilege. We're working together with others. Oh, what are we working for? Well, we're working for last week's outline for rewards. We labor together. Remember that? For rewards. Rewards are good. Jesus gave them as incentives for us. And, and we say, I don't want any rewards. Well, Jesus wants you to work for rewards anyway. Whether you want them or not, work for rewards. They're out there uh, to motivate us to work for him. Uh, we're working together to reach out to the lost. Verse 11 of last uh, chapter 5. Uh, we're working together to resist living for self. We hold each other accountable. We're working together to reconcile others to God. Working together to represent Christ as, uh, to the world as ambassadors. What a privilege to work together. It is a privilege to work together. I am more privileged than you are because uh, in the mornings we meet as pastors. It is a privilege to sit down and, and meet with the pastors and, and pray and, and discuss uh, uh, things that go right and things that go wrong and discouragements that we have and encouragements that we see. Uh, what a privilege it is working together, working together. Uh, this Wednesday we'll meet as deacons and we will work uh, meet and we will work together as deacons and it is a privilege and it is enjoyable and we all think differently and yet uh, we walk out of there uh, saying thank you guys this has been a great evening we get work together as a church family all of us and we all have different gifts but we get a pri have the privilege of working together our Awana program, our Awana ministry, our youth ministry, our children's ministries, uh, the nursery ministry, uh, we, we all work together. We do different things, but we, we do things uh, we need to be serving faithfully. We serve differently, but we serve, ought to be serving faithfully. And maybe your faithfulness will show up as an Awana worker listening to kids say their memory verses, and you will memorize more verses than you've ever memorized before because you're helping these kids learn these verses. What a privilege to work together. What a privilege to work with God. I mean, we then, as workers together, with him, with God, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We are sons of God, and we get to work with him. In the olden days, there used to be a lot of buildings that had Smith and Sons. Uh, the older ones, you can remember that, and Son or and Sons. What a privilege to get to work with your dad, God the Father. Get to work with him. God uh, the Son, we get to work with him. God the Holy Spirit, we get to work with him. Now, I know it is a, I, like I said, I am more privileged than, than you. I get to work with my kids, um, most of them here. 
You know, I was thinking back and praising God that John and Heather are working with the teens on Wednesday night and John teaching a a, a little boy's Sunday school class and Heather counseling ladies so that that I don't have to have that responsibility. And and then Nate and Darla having their small group and, and Nate and Darla, a vital part of the running ministry that we have especially on Saturdays, and, and get to work with them, and, and Nate as a deacon, and then Tim and Amanda, and they have their small group with the young adults, and, and uh, working with the teens on Wednesday, and uh, Tim uh, being a deacon, and in the nurseries all the time, and Seth and Crystal are, are missionaries to Spain. Oh, wow. And Ben and, and Rachel, we don't get to work with them because they're down in Ankeny, but they're ministering in a small group and with the college students at Faith Baptist Bible College down there. What a privilege it is. Father and sons, our father and kids, and we get to work together, workers together with them. It's a privilege. It should make us think about our tuits or make us think about our mananas because of the privilege that we have. The third privilege that's in this verse 1, can you guess what it is? I beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. It is a privilege that we have received the grace of God. Don't make it worthless. That's what that vain means. Don't waste it is what he is saying here. For by grace are ye saved through faith. But it's his grace extended to us. Don't waste that grace that has been extended to us. It's a gift of God. Don't throw the gift away. Don't sell it at a garage sale right away. Wait a, you know, wait a little while. And don't invite whoever gave it to you to the garage sale. But the grace of God, don't waste it. Don't sell it. Uh, it's, it's not of works lest any man should boast. This grace that's been given to us. Here, uh, uh, the Bible dictionary, I pulled that out when I was, got to this word. It means undeserved acceptance and love received from another, especially the, character, the characteristic attitude of God in providing salvation for sinners. Grace, when you read it, and salvation are usually synonymous. So don't waste your salvation. Don't waste the grace God has provided. Unmerited favor with God. That's another definition. God giving us what we do not deserve. Forgiveness, salvation, eternal life with him. Uh, Grace. So Paul points out the privilege. Now he pleads with them not to procrastinate. He says, I beseech you. I beg you. This is a... There's a fire in his bones. There's a fire inside of him. And he's begging the Corinthians to to take this grace that they have been given, recognize it for what it is, and not to waste it. And that's what the next three points are underneath. Paul pleads to them about procrastination. Don't waste this grace. Receive the grace in vain. Don't do it. Don't make it of no no good use. Uh, 
So you're riding next to me, and we, we go through the drive-through at McDonald's. And the voice comes over after we've given our order, and the voice says, uh, would you like fries with that? And I listen, and I say, that's the voice of Dr. Wydell. I recognize his voice. And you know what I would say if he comes back with, do you want fries with that? First, I would say, well, of course we want fries. But I'd come back and say, Dr. Wydell, why are you working in McDonald's when you can be saving lives as a doctor? That is a waste. Now, if you make fries at McDonald's, uh, I'm not slamming you for your work. I am just saying I would slam Doc Wydell because he is wasting the talents, the training, the, the years of medicine to make fries. And the fries are probably pretty good, but it would be a waste. That's what... Don't waste the grace of God collecting wood, hay, and stubble. When we could be collecting gold, silver, and precious stone. I I just, Paul wrote about that in, in 1 Corinthians, but I can just hear him thinking that don't waste the grace of God living for yourself and pulling this in and this in and and so you you get ready to die and you say I've won because I have the most toys that's not what Paul is saying he's saying that is a waste if that's the way you're living don't waste the grace of God then next he says in verse 2 don't wait don't wait with this grace manana when I get around to it Listen, now he is quoting, uh, he is to- quoting Isaiah 49. You probably have a cross-reference in your Bible. It says Isaiah 49, verse 8, and it's just a quote right from there. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation I have helped. That succored thee or uh, succored thee. It, it means I, I helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What was he saying back then to Israel? They were in captivity in Babylon. And uh, God is saying, I'm giving you a chance to go back and rebuild the nation of Israel. Don't waste it. And don't wait to go back and do this. And then he relates it to us. Why would he say that? Because Paul says, God has broken into your history and given you a chance. Given you a chance to respond to Jesus Christ. Don't wait. Uh, We have the ministry of reconciliation. Don't wait to share Jesus with others so that they can be reconciled to a holy God, so they can be friends with God, so they can be a son or a, a, a daughter of God. Now is the accepted time. Now is the time to respond with this grace. Don't wait. What did he mean by that? Claim the grace of God now. I think Paul realized that some members in the church at Corinth had never personally received Jesus Christ. 
as their Savior, as their Lord, that they'd never done that. Now, that can happen. That's why Jesus tells the parable of the soils. And he says, some of the seed fell on the stony ground, and the seed, they sprang up, and then the sun came out, and it withered, and it died because it had no roots. And then he explained it. He says, uh, some people get excited, maybe seeing Jesus doing some miracles. And rah, 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 Jesus, let's go. I am a disciple. And then persecution comes, and they turn away. That happens. It can happen here in this room where a person responds outwardly, prays a prayer, gets baptized, gets his name on the roll, and yet not have his name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It can happen. People can go all of their lives as a church member at First Baptist and reach the end of it and say, I've never placed my faith in Jesus Christ. It never was real to me. It can happen. That's why Jesus wrote Matthew chapter 7. He didn't write it, but he spoke it. And I'm going to read these verses. I hate these verses. Yeah, I do. And you might also, when I read them, beginning with verse 21. Just because I hate them doesn't mean that they're not true. They are true. That's why uh, Matthew seven twenty-one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Man, I don't like that. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You see why I don't like those verses? But that's a warning. Don't wait to respond to the Holy Spirit. Don't put it off. Now is the accepted time. Now is the time, the day of salvation. Claim the grace of God now. I'd like us all just to bow our heads. I don't, I'm not asking, did you ever pray a little prayer? I'm not asking if your mom wrote in the front of a little Bible the day that you prayed. I'm asking, have you ever experienced the grace of God, accepted it? Was there a time when you repented of your sin and you recognized that Jesus is Lord? Do it now. Not manana. Not when you get around to it. Ask him now. Please, Lord, might everyone here know you personally. If not, don't let up on them. Be that rock in their shoe that annoys them until they finally stop. Get on their knees 
and trust you, please, in Jesus' name. A guy by the name of Eugene F. Sutter, Jr., was attending Yale University when he got the word that his father passed away and left him a fortune of $400,000. That was when it was a fortune. He refused it. The trustees they, of the estate, they took him to court and uh, to force him to accept this fortune. Here's how the judge ruled that Eugene had a legal right to refuse the bequest, and he was forever cut off from his inheritance. Was he foolish? <laughs> I know what I think. Yeah, why wouldn't? I don't know the circumstances. But most of us here would say, he is so foolish not to accept those riches and yet some here might foolishly refuse to accept the riches of the glory and glories of Jesus Christ and refuse the grace because manana or a get around to it someday but we never know we're going to have a someday we never know if we're going to get around to it or if we have a manana it is receive the grace of God now. Now is the time of God's favor. So claim the grace of God now or it's vain, worthless. Live in God's grace now or it is vain. Live like a reconciler. Live like an ambassador. After, after the service last Sunday, I, I'm, look at verse 3 giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. That means live in God's grace now. Show it to others around you that the ministry, we're back in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3, give no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. Now Paul is writing and has spent a lot of time in prison, so you know that when he says offense to no one, he's... Uh, he's qualifying it because of where he's at. After the service last Sunday, somebody came to me and said, Pastor, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but somebody saw you talking on the cell phone while you were driving. So how did I respond? How, how could I respond? It's none of your business. No, it is their business. It is their business. I'm their pastor. It's their business. Well, it was so important. Uh, I couldn't say that. I could pull, I've pulled off plenty of times off to the side of the road to talk on the phone. Or I could have said it was only one time. <laughs> but I know it wasn't just one time. That would be a lie. So how do I take care of that and live in the grace of God, giving no offense to any, in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. Well, I had to go to God and say, Lord, thank you for having somebody point this out to me. And uh, forgive me. 
forgive me for doing that. And now I don't know who it was. Uh, anybody here see me talking on the phone? <laughs> you can raise your hand. It's all right. Uh, because I, I want to ask you to forgive me. I, I shouldn't have been. Anybody else? I mean, you might not have tattled on me, but anybody else have seen me talking on my cell phone while I'm driving? If you have, please forgive me. Anybody here know that I have talked on my cell phone while I have driven? Any of you know that? Well, wake them up if they haven't heard, but I ask you to forgive me. For talking on my cell phone. I should, and even now when my phone rings when I'm driving, uh, my immediate response is, because I usually have it on the seat, is to reach over. And I, I can't do that. No. Because it is an offense here to others. Um, right now, the Lord has blessed us with a number of Sundays, a number of weeks where we have been able to gather as a church family and, and publicly worship together. Now, that's just a blessing given to us by God. That's not a guarantee that we can do that. As, uh, cases of COVID start to show up in our church family and uh, it gets narrowed down to First Baptist Church, then uh, uh, we're going to, rather than to be an offense and to be a, a hindrance to the health of our church family, we would go live stream only or Facebook or whatever it is, blue face. No, that's what I'm, I'm looking into a, one of those Bluetooth things. Uh, for, for my phone. So, uh, but someday it might come to the point where I'm sorry. Uh, we're not going to be an offense to this community by spreading this virus. And so someday we might have to say, okay, just live stream only for two weeks, quarantine, two weeks. And then after that, we come back with masks for another two weeks, see how things go, or whatever the leadership at First Baptist, whatever we come up with. Uh, we do not want to become an offense in this community. And, and we, we could stand that for a, a little bit. We could, we could do that. I think we can. I've got faith in us as a church family that we could do that if we had to. We have been blessed not to have to. So we accept God's grace, we live in God's grace, and we share God's grace, uh, even when it's inconvenient. Was it inconvenient for Paul? Well, we read verses 4 and 5, and you can just glance at those where it says, uh, I circle some of these things that I really don't care for. Patience, afflictions, necessities, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watchings, fastings. Um, you know, was it an inconvenience for Paul? Yeah. It was, but he shared the grace of God anyway. Now, for Paul, it went clear to having his head cut off. That's an inconvenience. Uh for us, we sing, onward, Christian soldiers, marching on to war with the cross of Jesus, going uh, 
before, unless it's raining out, uh, unless uh, it's inconvenient, or unless I've got something better to do, and unless uh, whatever. Manana, we're going to do it, or around to it, we're going to do it. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, but not across the street because their yard is messy, and he, got, he has a tattoo. And once I saw her smoking pot on the, the steps, I, not to them, but Lord, any place else, I'll go wherever you want me to go, just not to my neighbors or to my family. Or heaven forbid I go to Africa where there are snakes. But any place else almost, you know, a few places maybe tomorrow or when I get around to it. Paul says if you've received the grace of God, live in the grace of God and share the grace of God. Now I ask that we sing, I will go. Now, we sang that this morning. I will go. Did you sing it? Three weeks ago, we sang that song. And it was the day after we, Seth and Crystal got on the plane to fly back to Spain. And they'd been with us for six or seven months. And they were part of us. And we sang that song the next day. They were still traveling home. I will go. I said, we sang that song. No, Cindy and I couldn't sing it. We just stood there, blubbering like babies, uh, because of the words of that song. Now, I could sing that song as long as I didn't think about it, as long as I didn't read the words. Maybe if I just mumbled, I could sing that song. But uh, did you sing it? I'm, I'm not criticizing you if you sang it. Somebody's got to sing. Otherwise, it's pretty lame in here. Uh, did you mean the words? Well, maybe we kind of have to block that out a little bit in order to sing it. But did you cry when you sang the words? Maybe a little tear in your eye. I will go. I will go. Uh, yeah, we're going to sing it again as we close. See, if you've accepted God's grace, live in God's grace, and share God's grace. That's a passion that was in Paul's heart. And it's a little scary we have a pool heater to heat our swimming pool for our grandkids. And it's a, a gas one. And it's old, really old. And so there's no starting mechanism. And so you turn on the gas, this valve, and you hear it. And you hold a, a, a lighter, one of those lighters with the ends. And you hold it there. And you've got the gas, and you've got the lighter in there, and you push that lighter, and shh, and then whoosh. Then I look at my arms, and this right arm, if you look, I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt, but uh, all these curly little hairs, 
You know how they got curly? It, it scares me. To, I figured out a better way to do it now. But that's the passion of Paul. Shh. Boom. And he says, don't wait. Now is the accepted time. Live. Accept the uh, grace of God. Live in the grace of God and share the grace of God. And it burned in his heart. Does it burn in yours? Let's sing. Lee, will you come and lead us in this? And if you don't sing, that's all right. I don't. I couldn't sing it this morning. And so I probably won't sing it. At least I'll sing parts of it. But I want you to think about it. And then I'm coming back up here and we'll close. Let's stand together. Give me ears to hear your spirit. Give me feet to follow.